Would you like to say something to the class before we begin? Hi, everybody. How did you burn? I mean, you know how it is. How did you burn? Fucking rolling whatnot. I'm gonna steal a declaration of independence. I wouldn't make you out to be a burglar, not that outfit. Put the bunny back in the box. Alright, now loosen up. I'll be damned if I didn't get really turned on. Hello and welcome back to subsequent movie podcast, Kajolta Club, where we have just watched Nick Cage in 1993's Red Rock West, a movie that my brain never wants me to pronounce correctly, but I've, I've done it here again. And uh, I'm in a great mood this week, Ryan, because not only was this a pretty good movie, Sasha Baron Cohen and Borat came away with nothing at the Oscars. Everything is looking up. We're about to get into the real good shit here with Cage and Travolta, you know, over the mm-hmm. next few weeks and months. And, I, you know, the summer is starting, you know, there's more light in the day. Everything just feels like it's going good right now for us. And I think this is a good start to what should hopefully be one of the strongest runs i think we've got coming up here on the uh, show. there's a few stinkers in there i'll be honest but overall okay. yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be i would say looking at this uh, at least nine or ten eleven twelve just like probably like 12 straight weeks of bangers both good and bad uh, and I think like maybe one just undeniable turd in there. So we'll uh, we'll see where this goes. But I'm feeling right. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good. I mean, like like I said, I thought this was a a very good movie. Uh, I really <laughs> enjoyed it this week. It we've had a rough run uh, over the last month or so, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been nice to you know nice to get back to just just having a little treat on a Saturday night. You know, it's honestly, nice. like this movie is so funny to me because I I have been meaning to watch this film forever. Right, like it is it has been on my list probably since I first started getting into Nicolas Cage. Right, because it is a uh, I, I would call it like a Western neo-noir, right? Sure. And it, yeah. it stars Nicolas Cage, has Dennis Hopper and Lara Flynn Boyle of Twin Peaks fame in here. So just kind of like a, a, a strong trio of cast members that I really like, you know, uh, fans of their work. And the funny thing about this movie is it's just like good. Right, like, yeah. it's not some things it, we've watched where it's good and we lose our minds over it. It's not mediocre. It's not bad. It is like the platonic ideal of just a good movie <laughs> that you can sit down and watch. <laughs> like, the the whole thing with this film is that it's incredibly hard to find. Right, it is extremely yes. difficult to track this movie down. I assume. Because the licensing rights are in hell. Uh, this was originally screened at the Toronto International Film Festival. It was picked up by a North American distributor who had no idea what to do with it. And they ended up running it on like HBO and like TV and shit like that. And then it just kind of dropped out of print like permanently. Um, we were able to watch this movie because I found a 2003 DVD press of this from Canada in a secondhand store for like $4. I, if you want to watch this movie, which I highly recommend, I have no idea. 
<laughs> I have no idea where you'll be able to see this, like, honestly. And it kind of it kind of sucks because this movie is good. It is good. There's, like, a, a, a version of it on YouTube which is, like, filmed off a screen, you know, like, mm-hmm. one of those old, like, I put a camcorder in front of this screen or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's extremely hard to find. It was one of those, maybe the, the, the one more than anything else that... Uh, we have on our list here that I was kind of looking at and being like, are we even going to be able to watch this? Like, are we going to be able to find this? Are we going to have to go looking mm-hmm. uh, at sketchy websites trying to find this? But luckily we found your, uh, your, your secondhand four, three aspect ratioed yeah. uh, DVD. I think but that's just how it was released because it was released as a so, TV yeah. movie. Yeah. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, but you know, despite the, the weird nature of trying to track it down and and watch it like just like a really solid short like honestly like a perfect tv movie in mm-hmm. and not, not in the sense that like you know a tv movie is some vapid piece of shit that you just put on and it's just background noise but like this is totally something i would sit down and watch for two hours with breaks you know yeah. like it's yeah, it's sure. totally good like it it's got people in it you know it's got good performances you know the the vibe i think is really good i really liked the the score and the soundtrack and mm-hmm. for for about 30 seconds near the end it becomes fast and the furious it's 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 <laughs> yeah. very very entertaining movie yeah totally should i should i summarize this before we go any further please do yeah please do Okay, sure. So, Red Rock West is the story of a drifter played by Nicolas Cage named Michael, who is rejected from his job that he's trying to get at, like, an oil drilling plant, and ends up driving through the town of Red Rock, where he meets an unscrupulous bar owner named Wayne. Wayne hires on Cage for an unknown job, which turns out to be killing his wife, played by Lara Flynn Boyle. Cage accepts the accepts the job, warns Lara's character named Suzanne, and tries to get out of town, but gets caught up in a whip when he accidentally runs over a dude on his way out, and it turns out that the sheriff is also the man who hired him to kill his wife. Cage is drawn further into a crisscross of crosshairs when the real hitman dennis hopper shows up and things begin to unfold as it turns out nothing is as it seems and large sums of money are being thrown around here Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. so you know it's very i think i think um for people who have seen this it gets compared to like a coen brothers movie a lot and um i i do think that's a fairly apt comparison right you look at um Stuff like Blood Simple and No Country for Old Men, and it has those same sorts of themes of like, you know, an innocent man who's who's you know rough and tumble and just trying to do good in the world, kind of stumbling further and further into this, you know, movement of the cosmos that draws him inextricably into this like web of nasty, deceitful, you know, people who are trying to scam each other and double cross each other. And, uh, you know, trying to get their hands on this money and that sort of thing. And I don't, I don't think Red Rock West, like, particularly breaks any ground in that regard, but it's an extremely competent, very well paced, and just very compelling version of that story, right? 
Right, yeah, I would I would say competent is like the perfect word to describe it, really, because mm-hmm. yeah, like there there just is no there's nothing about it that you would say like oh I wish they hadn't done that or oh this mm-hmm. was kind of bad or shitty or whatever, but there was also none of it that would just like blow you away. It is just yeah. like it's it is watchable. just a good movie. It is a it, it is like. I would say it is better than watchable, but yeah, it's less I, than like great, right? Like it's just sure. a good movie. I would I would sit down and easily watch this again for sure. Right. Like yeah, um, exactly. I, this is like a good this is like a good what I would call like single glass of wine film where you just kind sure. of sit down, you have a single glass of wine, and you're like, yeah, that was good. Uh, I I really did enjoy it. I think my only criticism of it was that. The pacing of it felt a little too languid to me at times, but I think that's because the movie just kind of vibes, right? Like, it is a film that is just sort of on its own wavelength, and I think that's something that's really compelling about it. Um, It's really uh, playing that to its advantage, this atmosphere that it has, right? Because you've got basically three larger-than-life performers here in Cage, Hopper, and uh, Boyle, and especially Hopper and Cage. And I think that... um, a lot of the problems you run into with with Dennis Hopper and putting him in films around this time, like, uh, you know, the most egregious example is, like, the Mario Bros. movie, mm-hmm. is, like, he is always operating at this particular level, even when he's not giving 100%. And it's hard to find a movie that is on that wavelength, right? But this is, this is one that gets there. You get him... Um, you get Cage being fairly restrained in this, I'll say. He has yeah. a couple of freak outs, but it's nothing like, you know, Deadfall, which we watched last time. And um, I, I think that all three of these people are character actors. And as such, this kind of, you know, dark, moseying, like smoke-filled room, vaguely sinister vibe of this movie fits all of their styles fairly well. Yeah, I, I would tend to uh, agree. Like, I think as well, just the, the the general setting, you know, fits in with the three of them and what they're trying to do. Because um, mm-hmm. it is just it, the setting. It's 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 pretty much just dust, right? Like, it's just a shitty, rundown small town in the middle of like the oil fields in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they spend most of the movie, and I feel like it's maybe the big criticism i have of it going like we're gonna leave the town and then oh, we gotta yeah. go back to the town yeah it's um, like um it's almost like a point and click adventure game at a point right this could be sure. this could be this could be an fmv game right where it's like oh you can't progress past the gas station so you have to backtrack and find the combination to the safe and get the money and then that yeah. sets off this whole thing but um yeah that that was the one thing you get a lot of them driving back and forth you get a lot of them like stopping at gas stations which is thematically relevant relevant right but there's still there's still a lot of it but other than that it's such like minor minor quibbles in what's otherwise a pretty entertaining movie for me i am it kind of kind of like a noir kind of a black comedy at times you know i think it manages to Mm. balance that fairly well when it wants to like dennis hopper eating a turkey sandwich um the part where he like comes out of a closet and like beans nicholas cage over the head Some pretty yeah. good physical comedy in this, I'll be honest. Yeah, his death when he dies, like, he just has the most ridiculous look on his face. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. 
there are a couple of moments in this movie where it just becomes a cartoon for like five seconds, you know, and like it, it's played entirely straight the entire time, but then somebody will just make an acting choice that uh-huh. you just look at and go like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I remember now you're the, the freak from that other movie. You're the guy from Vampire's Kiss. Or, yeah, you're the guy from Blue Velvet, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think that kind of almost works in some way you know like it kind of just makes it feel that little bit more i don't know like real in some way i guess is the word i'm looking for because it's just Uh uh-huh it has a tendency as well i think at times to feel a little bit too much like an indie movie if that makes sense you know like the way it's directed and shot and i think that just breaks it up yeah. yeah, this this um this definitely has that like um occasionally the cinematography is like very measured and that kind of thing. Like you don't get a lot of like close-ups. It's it's mostly just like medium shots of whatever's going on on the screen and um it just has that indie movie vibe to it where all the music is good but like fairly similar at times. Um mm-hmm. y- you can kind of see like a boom mic in one of the shots, but um it is it is a movie that was made for seven million dollars, right? Which is not a not a massive amount of cash. So no. we, we we get something here that is like definitely very restrained in a lot of ways, but I think it works within those limitations fairly well, right? Like there's basically you know three locations, like maybe four locations. Uh, you you, you get Dennis Hopper and Nick Cage doing their thing, and um. Yeah, I, I I think I agree that those moments of, you know, cartoonishness of like black comedy and absurdity tend to give it the little injections of life it needs to kind of kind of stay, uh, you know, keep 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 uh, keep up the pace, so to speak. Yeah, and I I did really like the just silliness of having it all end in a graveyard, you know, yeah. where they just they just drive in and it just becomes like. It's like the same graveyard from, um, what is it? Friday part five, I five. think six, where, where, six. They're where, where, where they resurrect Jason. Yeah. That's six. Yeah. Like it, ju- it just looks like that same, like, totally. shitty, like graveyard Did- set. It, it's, it's just like, and then he, he just throws the knife at the dude and it just, <laughs> oh, it's, it's just, it's so fucking yeah. wacky and it yeah. just, so, so the ending, so well. of, the ending of this movie, where all the um, the strings have kind of come together and the web the web is tightened, uh, it turns out that the sheriff Wayne and his wife are uh, like criminals on the run and not really, you know, like like a respectable husband and wife. And he's trying to offer to get the money they stole, yeah. and it and it ends with um, Hopper having basically kidnapped uh, Nicholas Cage, Wayne, and and Boyle. And he's making Wayne like dig up this uh, this this cache of money, and there's this great shot where Hopper is like sitting on the hood of his car while Nicolas Cage is digging. And he's like, "You probably feel like you've had some bad luck, huh?" And it's just like <laughs> it's like the beginning of New Vegas. It's so good. But um, the point I was getting at is that it reminds me of uh, a lot of the bits in the original, like Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, where there's all like the fog and all that. He's like yeah. sitting there. There's like light coming up from behind the car. It, it's very restrained, but you look at it and you're like, "Wow, this looks like a this definitely looks like a, a B-rate like horror film." And I really like it for that. It's got a lot of personality. It does, yeah. I, I I do think that like 
despite you know the the indiness of its direction at times i do really like just the fact that it does look like 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 you said like a friday movie or whatever right like Mm -hmm. it just has that feeling of like we're out here in the desert and we're just gonna kind of do what we can you know like Mm -hmm. it, it just has that very just kind of low budget feel and vibe to it that I re- that I really really liked. Um, totally, yeah. Something else I really really liked. Uh, Dennis Hopper's just like whole look in this movie. Oh man, just yeah. when he when he steps out of that car for the first time after nearly hitting the cage or after like it's he's just like the most ridiculous looking man on earth and it's <laughs> it's so good. It's so yeah. Good. It, he's got this like I'm trying to see if I can find a, a, a good picture of him, but he has this like. Um, is it is it leather it's like a leather sort of cowboy outfit and he's got like a like like a a bolo tie like a red shirt on i'm trying to summon it up from memory right but um yeah there's barely any pictures of this movie on the internet too which is wild um yeah he's got this like white bolo tie his jacket has like uh buckles on it he has a huge belt buckle a, a black and red shirt carrying around a gun got the cowboy boots and all that and he rolls up with um you know it's a very like oh winds of fate kind of introduction where cage runs out into the road and nearly gets hit by him and he's in this uh you know this killer literal killer like black cadillac and it is um i i, I think um i think i like it because it's just enough to be absurd but this movie never really moves into like you know, wild at heart territory, right? Like it's, it's, it's always a bit exaggerated and a bit odd and kind of dreamy, but it's never like so unbelievable that it, it kind of breaks the, breaks the, uh, concentration. I I think, um, Hopper's character and his outfit is a really good example of that. Yeah. Like there, there is a world I think where this is kind of, more surreal and more kind of lynch like um mm. but i think it's it's way more restrained than i think i expected it to be uh sure which, which i i kind of appreciate because you know i feel like and I, i'm i'm not trying to you know talk shit about david lynch or about movies we've watched on this on this uh show <laughs> uh-huh. but like you know we watched wild at heart which was really good you know and it had that vibe mm-hmm. and then the last time we saw nick cage was deadfall where it was yeah. very much trying to have that vibe and very much fucking it up real bad fell flat Um, on its face yeah yeah so it it was nice to see something that was just a little bit more like Mm -hmm. held back and a little bit more restrained and a little bit more considered and something that wasn't trying to you know ape a style just for the sake of aping a style you know like it was totally yeah uh, there there's some inspiration there i think like from from lynch's style but like they're not just trying to like go oh i watched that movie it would be cool if i made one of those too right so yeah totally totally it's um i mean i i i think even that this is a even though this is a obviously a very indie movie like very independent it is it has a sort of confidence to it a sort of self-assuredness to it where it is like not trying to be anything more than it is for most of the film, right? right? Like, yeah. 
it is very aware that it is like a you know this kind of a noir heist movie crime thriller you know it knows it has a low budget it knows dennis hopper and nick cage and, and flynn boyle are here and they're going to get like the most out of them but it never wants you to think that it's like smarter than it is that it's more clever than it is that it's funnier or like more thrilling than it is and i think like like you said, after seeing so many movies that are either just too ambitious and overshoot that or try to aim for something more than they are and just fall completely flat and are sort of intolerable because of it, it's just so, like, refreshing to see a well-packaged, yeah. like, very self-aware, very measured movie on this podcast. Yeah, it's 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 been nice to just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just see something that knows what it is and knows what it's trying to do and has the confidence to just go out and do it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just it's just a nice change. I'm gonna start um, circulating bootleg copies of this movie so people can watch it. I'm gonna like you should, yeah. Bur- burn this on the bootleg DVDs and mail it to people. Parody allegedly <laughs> uh, Columbia yeah. TriStar Pictures if you're still around and are listening to this. You know. <laughs> just an idea. I, I think I'm sure they got bought by somebody. I think they're Universal now. Maybe I think I think so. Viacom probably. I'm honestly kind of shocked that like one of those you know cult genre second run movie distributors hasn't picked this up and done like a Blu-ray release yeah. of it, like genuinely. Yeah, I I could very much see that. Like even even just second run theaters like i feel like there's a whole like mm-hmm. art house scene where this could be like shown i'm surprised this isn't on like movie or something right like, yeah yeah totally like it feels like it should be or maybe not the criterion channel but like it should be on something along those like mm-hmm. indie art house like streaming services even at some level i feel like mm-hmm. i'm uh so i'm looking at the like reviews of this movie and it is something that uh, I think mentioned. I I don't know if I mentioned this when we were recording earlier or when we were watching this, but essentially um, when this movie released theatrically, it got kind of a run in the um, like San Francisco art house scene before going around to theaters. And this even got like a, like a Roger Ebert review, right? Uh, He, he did this and he gave it three out of four stars or three, three, and a half out of four stars. So this was not a movie that was necessarily completely unknown, right? Like this was something that had some kind of traction to it, you know, had some kind of pull to it, but I guess just for, you know, rights management or copyright or getting shuffled around between people ended up kind of falling through the cracks, which is a big disappointment because, I would love for more people to see this movie. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I can kind of, like, see, right, why it would fall off the face of the earth a little bit. Like, it doesn't... Mm -hmm. It doesn't have the kind of Nick Cage meme performance, you know? Sure, yeah. He's he's more understated in this, you know, he's, he's more of a person, he's not... Deadfall Nick Cage, right? So it's, he doesn't have the prosthetic nose in this one. He does not have a prosthetic nose. He doesn't have a weird wig or a mustache. Like he's just a guy, and yeah, like it just it just doesn't strike me as a movie that 
people would want to go out of their way to like track down right like it's, sure. it's the yeah. kind of thing that like if it's on tv you'll see it and you'll go oh i know nick cage i know dennis hopper i know lara flynn boyle i'll watch mm-hmm. this like but you wouldn't like even if like you were 15 plus years ago at this point walking around a blockbuster or something like i don't know if you'd pick this up off the shelf and go oh yeah i'll get this you know like it, yeah. it just doesn't have that mm-hmm. thing that grabs most people i don't think no i mean just like looking at it right it, it, it's like like i have the dvd case in my hands right um sure it's it's a very generic cover right it's it's dennis hopper in the background then Boyle, then cage up up on the side and all it says is their names in red rock west where nothing is as it seems um so so you flip that over and it kind of gives you uh gives you a brief overview Uh, it just says the quirkiest thriller since blood simple uh, describes it as an offbeat mm. mystery about an average guy who is mistaken for a professional hitman. Uh, it does it does a brief uh, summary of him and the mistaken identity and Dennis Hopper showing up, and it says, uh, "Full of playful twists and sexy turns, Red Rock West is a perfectly plotted game of cat and mouse that will keep you guessing until the final shocking shot." So, you know, I don't I don't know if I'd call the final shot of the movie particularly shocking. I no. think that <laughs> that calling it the quirkiest thriller since whatever, uh I feel like that kind of does it a disservice cuz it's not that quirky, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. um yeah, I feel like whoever wrote that that like blurb kind of just wrote it off the cliff notes in some yeah, way totally. rather than like having mm-hmm. watched it i mean like i read somewhere that the distributors really didn't know what to do with this movie just because it's like sure. it's like a western but it's also a neo-noir and it's got that crime thriller element to it and it's not very i guess easily categorizable or at least it wasn't back when it came out in the 90s right like now if this movie came out, if this film got like a rerun, people would eat this shit up, right? Like this is the oh, exact yeah. kind of stuff that people like look at and love these days. But um there's just nothing about this that if you were not already in tune with like Cage or Hopper or like recognizing three people from David Lynch's stable of weirdos on the cover or like <laughs> knowing the kind of movies these people are in. I, I don't think there's anything that would attract you about this movie, right? Right, yeah. It do, it just doesn't have that thing that would make you like take notice and go, oh, I should see that. Like, mm-hmm. And that's a shame because it is pretty well put together and it is pretty well composed and it is pretty engaging. It, it just lacks that thing that puts it over the top and makes you really want to see it or that makes it really stand out as memorable or Mm -hmm. you know anything like that and that's kind of a bummer in some ways because i do think if you made this exact movie today it would do really well yeah Um, totally like it's it's just i it's just like one of those things that feels like it just got lost in the shuffle in some kind of way and it's kind of a bummer like you see all this not not to not to get on a soapbox or like sound pretentious or anything but you see all this other crap that we've watched on this podcast so far and it's like damn 
finally we find an actual hidden gem on this show, and it's one that's impossible <laughs> to watch in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, God. Uh, <laughs> sucks ass, uh. but, but it, it's so good, and, like, there are so many just well-done sequences in this. The, um, the part where Cage shows up at the, um, the uh, bar for the first time, and there's the tension between him and Wayne as he's, like slowly realizing what this job is that he signed on to do there's the um the bit where wayne is driving him out of town and like he has to escape from the police cruiser while he's being shot at and then he runs into dennis hopper there's there there's um in, in cage's early scenes there's this constant feeling that he just you know can't escape like this is literally you know, psychologically, psychically, and physically an inescapable situation for him. And I always like movies that have that sort of element to it because I think it's uh, really interesting to see, like, characters react and how they navigate that and such. But um, I really, really like the scene where he is driving out of town for the first time and he runs over the guy in the road and, like, stops and freaks out about it. Um, I, I think he gives a really good performance there. And there's just that sense that like, oh, this is not going to end well, right? Yeah, it does It does a really good job at just having this sense of foreboding, I guess, for that specific sequence where he runs into the hospital, he's got the dummy over his, over his shoulders, yeah. like he's just... <laughs> He's just sitting there, like, pacing around in this hospital, nobody will tell him what's going on... And then the cops show up and they're like, oh, the sheriff's going to come talk to you. And then it turns out it's Wayne, the guy at the bar who hired him to kill Lara Flynn Boyle. And it it ramps up the tension in a way that I, I wish there had been a better payoff to in some ways. But like, sure, like I, I still think like it starts on such a high because of, you know, the way it does that. It doesn't quite maintain it, but it's still pretty good i think but yeah like mm -hmm. I, I i i think the first like 20 to 25 minutes are really really strong for this movie um even if it does go a little bit downhill from then like i i think it's it, it's almost the well i don't want i I, sh I shouldn't say that i was gonna say it was almost the like opposite of look who's talking um in some ways but i i feel I, like it's insulting to this movie to even suggest that right yeah sure i mean i don't know there is no talking bruce willis sperm in this film so how good can it possibly be yeah that's true yeah yeah <laughs> Fucking I, hell. I can't believe we watched that movie like genuinely I I do a pretty good job like psychologically compartmentalizing stuff <laughs> and I genuinely forgot that we had watched that already like my brain just completely flushed out of my brain at this point and um I think that this is a much better film right I think that uh, looking <laughs> yeah. looking at the list of things that we have watched recently uh Better than Look Who's Talking, better than Deadfall, better than Staying Alive, better than Honeymoon. I'd say I'd say about as good, if not slightly less good than Blowout. Right? Like it's it's uh, not. Mm. I I don't I don't think this is as good as Blowout, but I still no. enjoyed it. No, I I think Blowout is like maybe the second best thing we've watched so far this this okay, season. Sure, I um, I would say third best for me, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, it, it's definitely up there. And I think, 
I, I don't expect this to still be up there by the time we're done and we're looking back on, on the season and everything we've watched. Mm-hmm. But for now, I think it's pretty snugly in the top five oh, yeah. that, we, that we've done. Totally. Uh, my, I think my top five for us right now, and, and I, I, I feel like you might agree with this, is um, uh, Wild at Heart number one for me. Raising Arizona to Blowout Three, Red Rock West Four, and Carry Five. I think that's I think that's my top at the moment. Um, I I I would say probably Raising Arizona number one. Okay. And then I might go Blowout Wild at Heart. Then this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably Carry. Maybe Vampire's uh, Kiss in that last spot. Maybe Vampire's Kiss maybe, in the last spot. Yeah. yeah, but but I I definitely do think this is one of the this is this is one of the stronger ones, and I think it's also like of the ones we've gone into this season, not knowing a ton about or having not seen before. It's it's definitely been a much nicer surprise than Valley Girl or oh, the totally. Urban Cowboy yeah. or you Look know, who's Saturday talking Night for Fever. me. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, it's it's a strong <laughs> one in, in, in that uh in that sense at the very least. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I am um, I don't know, I, I just don't have uh don't have that many criticisms of this movie, right? Like I think we we we've aired our, our grievances, which have been pretty minor, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a there's a sex scene between him and Laura Flynn Boyle that doesn't really do anything for me, you know. No, like no. like there's some real dick suck foley in this film. I will say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I was gonna say it's like the grapefruit technique, but it's not that oh, bad. You oh definitely you definitely hear some sounds though. Um, I don't know. Dennis Hopper is great in this. Like God bless. He he is, he, he is absolutely being typecast, but he just does it so well, right? Yeah, he's he's fucking great. And I think Cage is pretty good in this. Mm-hmm. I think Lara Flynn Boyle is pretty good in this. I think the dude who plays Wayne is pretty good in this. Like, I think mm-hmm. everyone is pretty much, you know, doing exactly what they need to do. And it, it all just comes together really well for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the thing about it for me as a whole is because its structure is so simple and there's not a lot of big set pieces and you know it really is more focused on just the interactions between these people Mm -hmm. than anything else it doesn't leave you with a whole lot to really bite into and like dissect on a podcast i feel sure yeah Um, yeah totally because it it is a fairly i don't want to say light movie but like it has you know it's not like like a like a vampire's kiss where it's got a lot going on in the background or a wild at heart or blowout or raising arizona or whatever mm-hmm. it's just a very straightforward movie that like it's perfect again for tv because it is so straightforward and it doesn't ask a ton of you you know like it doesn't ask you to mm-hmm. really engage on like a thematic level or a emotional level in a way that's like inviting tons of criticism. And I think Mm -hmm. 
I, I th- like I really do think if this was just a, I was just sitting here at my desk and I just had a TV on and it was on it would be perfect background noise like and I I feel like that's insulting to say about the movie but like it really is just like an ideal like I'll put this on while I'm doing something else yeah. type of movie to me yeah like like you want to talk about a movie that is meant to be entertaining you know this gets in and out in 98 minutes does exactly what it needs to. Uh, and you watch it and you're like, that was pretty good. And I still feel yeah. like it's pretty good, right? Like, I don't yeah. think, like, um, sometimes on this podcast, when we talk about movies, I end up liking them less the more we reason them out. But no, this is like, <laughs> this is like the room temperature movie. <laughs> like, like, like it, like it's enjoyable. It, you can relax. You can watch it, have a good time. And at the end of it, you're like, yep, that was good. I, um, like even the even like the twists and turns of this film they're they're not like expected but they're also not shocking or like unseating right, yeah. because the movie never asks you to be that involved with the characters right like it never it never requires you to be so engaged with it as to be like shocked that like oh no it's a twist ah the twists just kind of happen because, of course, they do, and the movie keeps going, and the characters react, and cool stuff happens. And, um, yeah. you know, I, uh, gosh, this surprisingly, this movie is harder for me to talk about than Look Who's Talking, I'll be honest. Like, well, look, who's, <laughs> look Who's Talking, we could, like, we could complain about it, but this movie, it's just like, yeah, f- fucking go watch it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just fucking good. Like, at least i think we've uh, we've you know said this i'm sure more than once so far but when the movie is bad you can at least have things to complain about and like mm-hmm. take it to task for but with a movie like this where it's it's not bad at all but it's also not like amazing so it's just a totally competent thing Mm-hmm. that you would be like okay b plus move on yeah. like it's just it's totally fine i think part of me one uh for me one of the reasons i like this so much is that i had built it up in my mind for a long time right mm-hmm. because you know i look at this and i'm like oh you know cage hopper boil the, the this kind of crime thriller that sounds so good it sounds like something i would love but there's no way it can be that good right like Right. I, I always have this trepidation with movies where if they involve too many people I know or like it seems too good to be true, I'm like, there's no way it's going to be as good as I think it'll be. Right. Like, I'm going to sure. watch this and I'm going to be so disappointed. I'm going to get my hopes up over this for nothing. But no, I was pleasantly surprised in that this did not blow my mind, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I had a great time. I would watch it again. I highly recommend it to people. I don't know where you'd be able to find it, but if you were in the mood for like a cozy, you know, weekend movie night, just to sit down, watch a crime thriller, see Nick Cage do his thing, see Dennis Hopper do his thing, see Lara Flynn Boyle do her thing. I mean, this is, this is it, right? Right. Uh, if, if, If you like, if you like Twin Peaks, check this movie out if you're into like the lynchosphere check this movie out i mean this movie is not particularly quote-unquote lynching but it just you know three for three on on lynch actors and such um right yeah but uh <laughs> yeah how do you uh how do you feel about its little fast and furious bit in the middle there uh i love it um there, mm-hmm. there's a sequence where um 
So Dennis Hopper has basically, he's tied up Wayne and Lara Flynn Boyle and they're in the back. He's got Nick Cage driving under duress and he's trying to get Nick Cage to, um, you know, slam on the gas to go through, you know, the train tracks just before a train uh, comes, but they're late. And so Cage like skids the car and he's driving alongside the train. He somehow manages to like in this like gravel dirt patch that he's driving along somehow get in front of the train in this car and he does just a sick jump across the train tracks off like a ramp that's just Mm -hmm. hanging out for no reason it's very very silly but you know fast and the furious is is fucking good and you know sometimes you just you just like to see cars do wacky shit, you know? It's just, it's, it's great. It's, it, and it's such like a subdued movie otherwise, and it just comes out of nowhere. Like, there's nothing, <laughs> there's no big action set piece in the movie before this. There's nothing to make you think this is going to be a big action set piece. Like, even like it doesn't even feel particularly. No, like it just kind of happens, fast. and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, hell yeah. He's going like 60 and he just, it's, yeah, this isn't it's torque. Good. It's great. Yeah. It's not torque. No, unfortunately not. Um, mm-hmm. God, I, I wish everything was torque, but it, it can't be that way for us. Yeah. Do torque club, just a single club oh, to watch would, that movie. I would love that. I would, I would love to watch torque again. What who, di- who directed torque? Let me see. Uh, uh, it was the, it was Joseph Kahn. Is that yes. a Yes. Yeah. No, uh, not done much else. Something called Detention, uh, with the tagline Cancel Your Future. Uh, something called Bodied, uh, Meet Oakland's Newest Battle Rapper. Uh, Power. You did the Power Rangers mo- movie. No, it's like a, it's, it's called a deboot. Uh, it's a deboot of oh, the Power Ranger, okay. Joseph Kahn's Power Ranger fan film. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, well, so- I think he should be working more often because he is a genius and mm-hmm. Torque is just Torque is just some good eating. He also made a four-minute shirt called Swiped, which Letterboxd describes as a millennial has to deal with the unexpected consequences of swiping himself on a dating app. Okay. okay. Yeah. Are we gonna do? Are we gonna do Conclave and watch Bodied in Detention just so we can talk about Torque? <laughs> I mean, I would not be opposed to it. I, I, I am very much not opposed to uh, talking mm-hmm. about Torque at any point in time. If you haven't seen Torque, I think it's still on Netflix. You should, uh, you should uh, check that that out if you want to see like God's perfect film. Yeah, Torque. Uh, you want to see a movie where. People hit each other with motorcycles like they're swords. Yeah. That's your fucking movie. That's your fucking movie. movie. That's a movie Dennis Hopper should have been in. God bless. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Everyone should have been in that fucking movie. I can't... Like, when... Every time I watch that movie and Ice Cube shows up or Adam Scott shows up or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make... This is good. (laughs) I'm going to make Torque 2 unleaded and just cast every single God, person in Hollywood. Please, uh, Cage please. is going to be in it. Kyle MacLachlan's going to be in it. Uh, we're going to get, uh, we're, we're going to get Travolta in there. That's going <laughs> to, that's going to be the face off sequel is Travolta and Cage are going to come back as two, uh, rival gangs of two giant motorcycle clubs and they are going to pit their goons against each other and all the goons will be like, 
B-list Hollywood character actors, and it's going to whip. It's going to be the I best movie ever made. I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah, I, I just think Hell that's yeah. an idea. Hollywood, if you're listening, ring, ring. Uh, first, put Red Rock West on Blu-ray. Second, <laughs> get me to make the Torx sequel. <laughs> oh, Christ, yeah, please. <laughs> I think we can oh. do a pretty good job of writing that movie. Uh, Sean Roberts, of course, is in of it. Of course. He's got to be the main guy, right? Like, he's yeah. got to... Mm-hmm. Maybe he might be too big to ride on a motorcycle. Actually, honestly, like he's so buff. Yeah, like, can you imagine can... his like buff shoulders, like sitting on this tiny motorbike, like can't even hold the handlebars because he's so jacked. God, he's <laughs> just in his Albert Wesker costume. He's just Albert Wesker, but he's on a motorcycle. Now there's an idea, Hollywood. Why did why did Paul not do more motorcycle based combat in the Resident Evil movies? That's what I need I to don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, we do know the zombies can ride motorbikes. The Russian sure. ones can anyway. So like, yeah. Oh my God, Paul W. S. Anderson, please hire us to help you make Torque to wherever you are yeah. at the moment. I mean, we still haven't watched his uh, Death Race remake, so it could be no, it could be Torque to. adjacent. Yeah, we need to. I have a feeling it's going to be very, like, edgy 2000s. Oh, for know? sure. Like, I, yeah. I feel like I'm very excited to watch it. But uh, this is not Torque Club, this is Kajolta Club. <laughs> we should probably mm-hmm. talk about this movie a little more if we have anything left to say i'm kind of like out of stuff i think as far as red rock west goes yeah i i know it's like i want to say more because i did like it but there's not much more for me to say right it's just it's just a perfect little treat of a film uh great performances uh very well realized and well accomplished um it's good to look at and if you can find it you should check it out like like genuinely i i would i would recommend this yeah absolutely like definite recommend for me as well um i think i i would i would probably lean at a three or a 3.5 out of out of five personally mm-hmm. i think i think that would be not qu- like it's not quite a four star movie for me but it, it's pretty solid you know it's it's up there I'll be honest. I'll, I'll give I'll give this a, f- a full four stars. I I okay, really liked okay. this. Um, I I like all the people who are in it. I thought it was charming. Uh, you know, it was it was relaxing. Just kind of good to sit back and watch it. I, mm-hmm. I get I get what you mean. Three three and a half. Um, if I had less connection to the main cast of this movie, that's probably about how I would feel. But I I'm just so glad to have finally uh watch this and have it been like a good like a good film like yeah yeah genuine april under, was rough <laughs> yeah april was rough but we have this uh underknown gem of a film yeah. and i'll give it four stars like this is something i would like if i was looking at my dvd shelf maybe not the first thing i would pick but if i saw it i'd be like yeah yeah i'll, I'll watch that again yeah, sure absolutely yeah like I, I can imagine a scenario where I'm just looking at my at my stuff, and if I had this, I'd be looking and I'd see it right there next to Ricochet or whatever, and I'd be like, "That mm-hmm. seems like a double feature," you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it's no Despiser, but it's still pretty good. No, it's not. Oh, fucking Despiser! Please, if you've got Prime Video, go check out Despiser. <laughs> Please it's, watch Despiser. 
it, it, what a movie. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm one of those Taylor Swift stands in the DMs on Twitter where I'm just coming in like stream despiser and I have my despiser <laughs> fan cam of like Sega CD FMV cutscenes as like people uh. are launching nukes and running around in rags and driving like you know, uh, suburban SUVs through purgatory across pits of lava. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly, I, I, I think I would probably never have deleted my personal Twitter if I could log on and just, no matter what I look up, no matter what I click on the trending tabs or whatever, just have a bunch of despiser fan cams. Yeah, despiser stands. Yeah. Much better, much better uh, website. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back. Uh, I'm going to push Despiser hard going through the rest of 2021, and I think everyone should watch that if you are looking for something just absolutely wild. It's so good. It's so great. We, at some point, we're going to need to like actually talk about Despiser in full on this show. Oh, for I, sure. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know what theme we'll, we'll have to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like a Despiser. What, what's the guy's name? Philip Cook? Like I think Philip Cook, Cook Club. is. Yeah, Cook, Cook Club. Like that, cause he Because he's fairly prolific, I believe, right? So mm-hmm. he's, he's had like but eight we'll, movies or so. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's not bad. Anyway, um, how are you feeling about Nick Cage's hair in this one? I mean, it's hair, right? There's yeah. there's not too much to it, to be honest. It, it's just like his, his normal hair. hair. Yeah. So, so unfortunately, despite uh, my many other praises for this film, it gets a solid goose egg zero on the wig ovener for me. I, I did not notice his hair at all for the runtime of this movie. Yeah, I'm I'm tossing out like a one or a two person sure. here as well. Like it's it's just his hair. Like we're still we're still not yet at the point where he's bald enough to need a wig and it's it's getting close though. Like we're 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 in the like mid nineties at this point, so it's about to happen any any movie now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be good. Um I think I know the answer to this, Ryan, but would you say Red Rock West is a better or worse film than Sasha Baron Cohen's Oscar-winning movie Borat? I gotta say, this is the first movie we've watched in a month that I can confidently say is a better film than Borat. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to be able to say a movie's better than Borat again. It's mm-hmm. it, it was rough there for a while. I'm thinking Staying Alive may have been better than Borat. I don't know where we really? ended up settling on that. See, my problem is I'm thinking about it, and I'm only thinking about just the batshit ending sequence where it's yeah. like the stage play in hell. I do want to watch that part again, but I don't want to watch any of the rest of that film again. But um, as for Red Rock, uh, undisputably better than Borat. Undisputable. Undisputable. Yeah. What a what a what a win for Nick Cage. <laughs> Better than Borat. <laughs> he Christ. cleared the very, very low bar of this podcast for the first time in four weeks. Yeah. Well, I I mean, in, in good news, I do think we're gonna get uh two straight weeks here of Better Than Borat. Uh-huh. Um, because next week we're watching a movie that uh it's been a while since I've seen it, but uh in my memory there's multiple scenes uh, of the movie we're watching next week that alone are better 
than Borat, like, let's say, oh, I don't know, Christopher Walken talking about a, a, a timepiece that he's been holding up his ass. Mm-hmm. Um, 1994's Pulp Fiction, the big one, arguably. The big one, um, yeah, arguably the most well-known movie on this entire entire itinerary. Yeah, uh, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis yet again, Uma Thurman... Mm-hmm. You know, Ving Rames, we've got all the heavy hitters coming out next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've seen it. I'm hoping it holds up. Uh, I'm I excited to watch this. Like, I I have no love for Tarantino as a person. I do think he's a right. creep. And, yeah. uh, you know, as much stuff goes around about his movies these days, with, with good justification... I do remember liking this film quite a bit, and I am excited to revisit it. Yeah, I th- I think in my mind, it's like Travolta's strongest performance by some one hundred measure. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's 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 the relaunch of John Travolta uh, as an action star <laughs> of sorts. Even if you yeah. don't call Pulp Fiction necessarily an action movie, but like it's. Mm-hmm. It's the rebirth of Travolta. He got tired of playing second fiddle to Bruce Willis's sperm. Actually, I I don't know. I don't know. Bruce Willis does fuck in this film, but I don't think I don't think he nuts. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So yeah. Next week, uh, be ready. Get your get your Royale with cheese or whatever. Mm -hmm. Have it ready, nice and cold. Put it in the microwave. Uh, provided, of course, that uh, the extended cut of Borat 2 doesn't drop. In oh my case, god, I would die. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really hope it, it drops the week after Pulp Fiction because the next Cage movie we have is gonna be a stinker. I know it, I know it will okay. be. Okay. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, so next week it'll either be Pulp Fiction or the hashtag Borat 2 is finally over party. Um, Don't say we'll that. <laughs> We've said that once before in Query Goddess. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm specifically saying Borat 2 is over. Uh, Borat 3, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, give it another 18 months or so. Um, but yeah... Ryan, thank you as always for joining me. You do another show on the internet. Where can people find that? Yeah, if you want to listen to my other show, that's Emojidrome. You can find us on Twitter at Emojidrome or just on podcast slash listening apps. And if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, I have an account on there at SewerPeak, P-E-A-K. If you'd like to get my, uh, you know, micro takes on whatever bullshit I'm watching recently. Uh, you know, I watched Scream again for like the fourth time in a calendar year, which is unheard of for me. Yeah, good gr- fucking movie. Very good movie is the thing. But uh, what about you, Niall? What are you up to? I also am on Letterboxd uh, at Emo Christ. I actually watched Scream three the other day. Um, oh, okay. Not a not a great movie. I don't oh, think. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I think I think much too cute for its own good. Um, we're we're on on Twitter at Borat Club still. Um, so. Give us a follow there. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave us a like, a review, a rating, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. We don't advertise and we're not part of a network, so word of mouth is really the only way this thing spreads and we really appreciate it. Um, next week, like we said, hopefully Pulp Fiction, but potentially Borat 
two again. Um, Ugh. I know which I hope it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank oh. you for listening. As always, Ryan, thank you again so much for being here for Red Rock West. Of course. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you next week. See you, see you next week.